Ladies and gentlemen, cautiously open your door, flee to the solitude of the old growth forest, and wonder who forgot to make a blood sacrifice to the elder gods, Steve. Because it's time to talk tall to me. Now, Steve, we really got to talk about this. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. We are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Told to Me, a meandering stroll through a large old-growth forest, one Jethro Tull song representing one tree. And as we walk that path, the trees get younger and younger, but no less pretty. Oh, look, some mushrooms. <laughs> nope, not, not in Ian Anderson's forest, no. <laughs> oh, look, some cats. Yeah, plenty. Plenty. Oh, oh look, plenty. some salmon. <laughs> Old growth salmon. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> I, would, I would love that. Thank you for rejoining us as we, as we uh, take this stroll. Nick, we have a very exciting continuation on a, on a particularly windy path today. We will be continuing with our exploration of Thick as a Brick. That's correct. But before we get to that, I understand, I understand that Mary has some, some documents for us. That's right. Is that true? Mary, if you don't mind. Ah! Don't breathe on me! It's all right, Mary. Just slide it through the slot. And turn your head to the left. I will provide wipes in your your den. It's your room. I know you like you like it called. I've your only den. touched them with the poker. The, the the wipes. Yeah. Oh, the wipe. Oh, okay. I'll I, I'll. I'm going back to my locht. I'll draw a diagram. She. We we. I have real trouble understanding her anyway. Just the cultural differences. Um, it's remarkable. It's. Uh, I know. Um, so, Nick, what have we got? There? So, first of all, we have a little a little tweet, actually, from who is swiftly turning out to be our Scottish correspondent. Oh, yes, our, indeed. Our Scotch correspondent. Is that offensive? Can we call them Scotch? As long as we're drinking Scotch when we do okay, it. Okay, which I believe, are you? Is that what I saw in that glass? Uh, I'm drinking something. <laughs> the The Windex correspondent. All right. Tweet, 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 tweet. See you in the morning. Alan Begg, our our second favorite Scotsman, tweets, at Omen Said, Hey, Omen, thanks for the shout-out on the latest hashtag talk tell to me pod. Oh, God. I've been meaning to guide, some would say correct, your pronunciation of Dunfermline. It's not Lyne, it's Lynn! Like Jeff Lynn. Dunfirm Lynn. Thumbs up emoji. Thank you, Alan. Thanks, uh, Alan. And, and, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, genuinely, we are, we are Yanks, fairly ignorant in the ways of the pronunciation of that mysterious language, which we speak English. So any help that you can give us is always appreciated. Now, Omen, was the apology for the mispronunciation or for the accent? 
Both. I uh, wanted to kill two birds with one stone. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Now, do you know who Jeff Lynn is? I don't. I I could probably I, I very easily Google either. that person. Yes, but I, I think we both know you're too lazy to do that. <laughs> I have a cell phone and a computer keyboard directly in front of me. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> it's one of life's mysteries. <laughs> What else have we got, Nick? On the back of the tweet, we have ourselves another review, another iTunes review. Sir, sensors have detected another star in the sky. Dear Lord, that's five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Ooh, Daddy. This is... A, another five-star review from our good pal Jason K, a.k.a. Tullite. He, we have seen uh, mm. a couple of emails from Jason so far. Jason Washes better than Woolite. Jason, it gets the toll right out. <laughs> the, the title is, I abhor iTunes, but adore talk tull to me. Ah, classic abhor and adore. Perfect. Thanks, Jason. Wait, first... We, I can understand the abhorrence of iTunes, and I can appreciate the effort it took to go in and rate us. That that means yes. that means a lot. So he writes. We raise our glasses to you. He he. We raise our glasses of Windex to you. Jason writes, if you like Ian Anderson musically, anyhow. Let's face it, he's kind of a mean <laughs> old man who wouldn't acknowledge my back tattoo of Beastie. <laughs> then you must. <laughs> Then you might enjoy the Feckless Moms podcast about Jethro Tull. If you're new to JT, you can't go wrong with this podcast. Whether you visit the spring flare of stand-up and benefit, delve into summer sweetness of Aqualung, thick as a brick and passion play, dive into the autumnal leaves that are war child, minstrel in the gallery, and too old to rock and roll, or trod through the winter snows of songs from the woods, heavy horses, and storm watch, you will enjoy the fun, effortless banter of this courageous duo. Cheerio. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Jason. And I just want to say, Ian Anderson may not care about that back tattoo, but I am very invested in it now, and I really would like to see a picture. Omen is here for it. Absolutely. If, if you would like, we would be thrilled to um, put that on our Instagram. As long as it's safe for work. Yes. Safe for work tattoos. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't say how far the down the back it goes. The right? tip of the broadsword yeah. reads pretty long. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. That is talk about, it. Talk about Grendel's cave. Mm, I, I'd rather not. That is it for the review. Again, thank you, Jason. And Amazing. one final thing before we dive into mm. Thick as a Brick. A couple of weeks ago. That's right. We had. <laughs> that's right. A couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, we had an email that I perhaps misconstrued as hate mail. Whatever it was, it broke my, my tiny, tall-shaped heart. However, yes. after it was played on that podcast, we got a response from the writer. Perhaps um, a clarification, we'll say. Clarification, yes. Subject. 
my apologies. <laughs> okay, Message. it was an apology. <laughs> Message. Fellow momes, you've read a missive I sent that may have been interpreted as negative criticism. I apologize for any unintended insults. Nick said it was a response toward the end of Aqualung, some religious reason. Indeed it was. I got into JT as I was escaping a thrice-weekly church habit, age 17. Truly, you guys are great. I haven't had a chance to talk tall, except to my converted wife for many years. My passion for tall is deep, so in me cups, I blather. Much love, and kiss my warm sporin. It would be a great pleasure to do that. I'm puckering up as we speak. <laughs> Something's puckering. First of all, I I just want to express my jealousy, as everybody knows at this point. My beloved wife, Raven, is very much not a fan of Tull. So having having a wife who does enjoy Tull enough so that you can talk talk Tull to her is great. Is is something to be to be proud of and to brag about. Firstly. Firstly, we accept your apology. Secondly, alchemist that you are, if you want to send us the recipe for converting one's wife into a a Tullite, we will gladly bottle it, slap our name on it, and sell it for $5 a pint. Yeah. You'll get get 20%. You'll get $1 to every five that we we earn. You'll get 20% of every wife. Every wife. That that took a twist. And I believe, is that it, Omen? Do, you have, do we have anything else? Uh, no, that appears to be it, Nick. Did Was that Mary? Did I just hear? God, she gets in here. I'm listening at the keyhole. Oh, Mary, please. I, I left you some dry bread in the, in the, the lounge. You have to sp- spray spray the bottle, Nick. Spray the bottle. Psst, psst, psst. Ah, be careful of coiled ringlets. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. So, Nick. Thank um, you, everyone, that, for putting up with us those this were, so, Those were some amazing hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, what a great, great dish of correspondence there. Indeed. Why don't we chomp on over to the main course? Yes. This is the final track off of side A for Thick as a Brick. It kind of wraps up the fresh ideas that we find on Thick. And the pieces, this, this is made up of three kind of separate ideas slash pieces. They are referred to as you curl your toes in fun, childhood Mm. heroes, and Mm -hmm. stabs instrumental. Let's have a listen. There's a lot going on there. There really is. There really, really is. I I think this is perhaps the most complex section of Fix a Brick that we have yet encountered. I think so. Just if if for no other reason, I think it, it helps the fact that there it's really the bulk of, of a lot of the lyrics that we've seen in one section. Absolutely. And 
and it seems to include the development and synthesis of everything that's come before it mm. in the on the on the A side of this album. Okay. I think I think that's a great assessment is as it's the tail end, it's the wrap up of of this this story so far, basically. Yeah. Should we start musically? Yeah, let's go musically. Sure. Well, John Evan working overtime oh, at the at, at the organ. So good. He this section starts out with him playing a familiar theme and then modulating that theme into a minor key. Mm. And that really sets the tone for the rest of this whole section. Then we have Ian Anderson joining in on the acoustic guitar, providing a little bit of contrast. And then John Evan goes through a a massive series of chord modulations and key modulations, which bring us back to the initial theme that we're fam- familiar with. As we go into, so you curl your toes. Right. Yeah, and that's it's a chord change journey. That's all. That's all in the first like, I don't know what minute. Yeah, that's before any singing. Yeah. Happens. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of, it's a lot of remember this sound and let's let's tweak it a little bit. Let's let's, let's tweak build it. on it. Let's tweak it. Let's build on it. Tweak it and build on it. That's um, <laughs> yeah. Just tweak and build. Yes. We can the old we can build. Yep. Well, and then so we have our first section of lyrics. Yep. After which we have the my favorite musical moment in the whole album. I think I was gonna say, and I'm glad you brought it up. I, this feels to me the most. This feels more iconic to me than that opening acoustic. When I think of when I think of thick as a brick, this is the sound that I think of. I totally agree. And for me, it all comes down to that organ with other sounds that I can't quite identify <laughs> going bum bum uh dum dum bum dum da da dum 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 da dum dum bum 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 ba dum So frickin pretty and fun yeah it's 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 a light it's like a sunny little stroll down the street but there's there's an underlying darkness that i feel when i hear it yeah it's like a sunny stroll down the street but the street is actually a massive ancient serpent yes and it just started eating its own tail (laughs) right and it's just going like every once in a while it's like "Mm, oh Somebody's walking on me. Oh God, that's very off-putting. <laughs> well, yeah, it's dark, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that does that does meet my definition of dark. <laughs> but yeah, I I like I really like that kind of light. It 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 almost feels if you don't know where the song is going, if you don't know the progression of the music, it almost feels like it's going to end on kind of a light, kind of airy note. And how wrong you would until be. we get to Stab's instrumental, and then it's just, oh, it's, it's concussive, it is offensive, mm. it mm. it punches you with every note. Yeah, it sends you to the doctor. Yeah, and the doctor says, 
Go away. And you don't get a lollipop at the end of this visit. <laughs> no, you because don't. Because you cry when you when you get your shots, your jabs, yeah. as they say across the pond. So now, Nick, for um, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you for clarifying. When what is the section musically that for you begins stabs instrumental? Oh, what's the sound of it? Because I I was a little confused. I think, I think it. I think it's the last like. Gosh, maybe thirty to forty-five seconds is that dun dun dun, dun dun dun. It's such a it's such a drastic. You're really good at doing that, Nick. I mean, I've been doing it for twenty years, twenty plus years. I would do it. I would do it more like. Yes. I've been hearing you do that for twenty years, so. That's why you're so good at it. Because you're like, well, that's not. Gotta be better than this. <laughs> it, but yeah, I, okay. I, I find it as as that because that change that changeover in sound is so drastic to me that that's all that I, I can think of is, is, is that's that changing point. Gotcha. No, I think you're totally right. And then we get into the, the really aggressive dum, 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 yeah. dum, 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 where it seems like it's, it, it almost seems like the tempo is diverging from itself. That one set of instruments is, maintaining the original tempo and the guitar is almost rushing a little bit mm-hmm. ahead, which gives it that really anxiety-inducing rushing toward an unknown disaster, edge of the cliff yeah. feeling. Yeah, is, is it is it an additional guitar note that falls out of place or is it even reverb? I thought it was just a like all of a sudden they hit heavy reverb on Ma- Martin's guitar. All right, do the normal one. Do the dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Yeah. Oh. I think you're right. I think it's reverb. I think it might be like this bizarre reverb. Maybe they have it set up on a pedal that all he has to do is step on it and get for just the briefest of moments a little reverb. And he doesn't let the full phrase repeat, which therefore makes it really jarring. Jarring. Jar, jar, jar. jar. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put those beats in here. Please do. So, you know, Nick, I just thought of something mm-hmm. else. You know, the original experience, we, we, of course, you know, have the digital experience of all of this. Mm-hmm. But if you imagine having having bought the vinyl and you take it out of that bizarre packaging and you smell it for the first time and it has that fresh vinyl smell and you put it on your record player, now you're seeing the needle get to the last couple of grooves on this side of the disc. Uh-huh. And you're hearing dun, 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 dun. Dum, 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 dum. And to myself, I would start to wonder how in the heck are they going to resolve all this before it gets to the end of this side? Yeah, where is this going? Where is it going? Because yeah. you're getting literally toward the end. You, you're running out of, of vinyl. Mm-hmm. And then so finishing it up with that like 
fading into that wind sound. Yeah. And then that very slow, I think it's a slowed down playback of another part of the track. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really low in the bass. Mm-hmm. It's really creepy. Yeah. I, I would feel almost afraid to flip it over. You know what I mean? And I was going to say, if I remember correctly, but I do because I've listened to it enough. The next track is it it picks right right up where where that leaves off. It sure does. So it's it's a it's a good payoff that it's it ends you so unsettled mm-hmm. and and you I think it's equal parts oh my god I don't want to go on but also j- the the diametric opposite of oh I need to know where this is going I need closure cuz that sure as heck wasn't it Totally totally it draws you into the second side of the album whether you want to go there or not. Yeah. Yeah, and and I di- this is one of the vinyls that I did have, but I never I oh. mean I transferred it's that my father had. It's one of the, the vinyls that I got introduced to Tull with. But I transferred it over to cassette. And yeah. it was always especially this one was always the biggest challenge of, well, I have like fifteen more minutes left on this side of the cassette do i waste that 15 minutes and just start start side two on side two of the cassette oh interesting yeah. i always did i always did i always liked it as as they had it set but i still had so you that just process had 15 minutes yeah it was, it was 15 you minutes have... of silence i knew when the 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 song ended so i would fast forward it and then flip oh, the so cassette funny. so i still i kind of had wow. that experience of 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 it not just flowing neatly in like we have the 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 ease with mp3s you know it just goes to the next sure. track well then it becomes almost a, a bit of a ritual yeah oh yeah absolutely that is that is one of the if you have the time to mm. be able to sit and and listen to a vinyl there is a lot more than just sitting and listening to a vinyl like if you're if you have it playing and you're going to r- run around be doing chores you it's you might as well just listen in, listen on your phone you know i feel there's more of a physical thing right right uh, playing it on the vinyl makes you want to sit down in an armchair put your slippers on with your smoking jacket and your your gin and you should you should put that out i mean it's your, your jacket should not be smoking. that's what it says on the label so i'm trusting it <laughs> um so nick yeah. shall we uh, shall we weed whack into the thick grass of the lyrics of this section yes let us let us bushwhack in find a suitable spot preferably with some potable water and bivouac for the evening <laughs> wow yeah I haven't heard that word for a long time. Yeah, I love that word. Never never get to use it. Evening. <laughs> You're um, funny guy. Okay, so... Okay, lyrics? So lyrics. So lyrics. Wow. Yeah, really wow. Curl your toes in fun. Oh, I mean, so Nick, I mean, we can't... I don't think we have time to go through every single line here, but but there are some... There's some themes and specific things that jump out at me. Yeah, give give me give me what you think about you curl your toes in fun. And if you make a joke about the la la la's, we're done with this podcast. I I wasn't going to. <laughs> no, I was going to do something else which which <laughs> listeners have perhaps come to expect from me. 
Nick, I think that maybe curl your toes in fun refers to the sex. The sex. That people sometimes have. But it makes it sound that, that I, I hear I hear word that, that every now and I've then. I've read about. <laughs> I've done, um, done No, but you are familiar. Hands off There's even a name. There's, <laughs> there's even a name for it that I don't remember what it's called, but there is a, there's a name for when a person experiencing an orgasm inadvertently curls their toes. Oh, I, I don't, I don't know it. I don't know it. But yes, I've, I've heard, I've heard that that is a serious medical condition and you should seek help immediately. No, <laughs> no, that's not true. But anyway, that's what that makes me think of. And you know, so I don't know, maybe we have a little sex here. I mean, if if you want, I generally prefer a little foreplay. But Nick, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to change our relationship in that way. Fair enough. We've we've put too much into it this this far. Exactly. But the, so if I'm I'm not saying it's not sex, but okay, it makes it seem it makes it seem like it's a it's a voyeuristic or exhibitionist type in this it's it's talking about people laughing at you and seeing you do it people are staring and you smile at everyone how does how do explain this stanza to me because i don't get it all right, taking the just sex like out sex, of it for just a minute. I don't get this <laughs> stanza. And false. I've never understood. <laughs> no one has ever invited me. <laughs> to me, this passage speaks about some sort of an infant ruler or infant judge, because there there are, and maybe I'm maybe I'm jumping ahead to the. To I think the, you are. The, the next sections. Yeah. But I, I get the impression of someone who is dishing out orders without having their own house in order, as it were. Ah, uh, okay. You meet the stairs, you're, unawares, you're unaware that your doings aren't done. You laugh most ruth- ruthlessly as you tell us what not to be. So it's sort of this juxtaposition of like, you're just having fun and you're grinning like an idiot but you're telling us what to do or not do, but how can we possibly do it? Not only are you telling us what to do and not to do, you're not checking up on us, you're not following up on it, so you you don't know whether we're doing it or not. Right. Okay. Something like that. And, and you know, I do think that I'm I'm basing that a little bit on, on the following stanzas, yeah. or the following stanza at least, which to which may we jump ahead? Yeah, well, I think it is. It, I think it's definitely a second person singular you in both of these stanzas. So it could very well be the same, same addressee. The you curl your toes in fun in the the first one, and then you shuffle in the courtroom in the second one. It could very well be. Oh, I certainly think yeah. so. I certainly think so. I think it's a continuation of a of a character. Okay. So jumping ahead, jumping over the la la la's for a moment. <laughs> oh, we'll we'll have a special episode just on those. We'll have a special episode on the la la la's. I see you shuffle in the courtroom with your rings upon your fingers and your downy little side is a 
have your silver buster shoe. I see you shuffle in the courtroom with your rings upon your fingers and your downy little sideies. <laughs> I love that Dominic, phrase I think, so much. I, I, I think that the downy little sideies is sort of the key to this whole section. Yeah, a prepubescent boy. You're right. So to be specific, what let's let's explain what I think we're on the same page with what downy little sideies is referring Just to. Weak, weak, unfilled uh, sideburns. Downy, as in yes. like a light, light feathery hair. Peach fuzz. Yeah. Peach fuzz. We say in this country. We do. Peach fuzz. I haven't heard peach fuzz in years. <laughs> he doesn't call anymore. <laughs> we just email. Yeah. Okay. So that 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 there kind of kind so of cements a, a... the 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 idea of the young the young kid as a judge or as a ruler or or whatever. Right. We have the courtroom. Right. We it keeps juxtaposing these these disparate images. Uh-huh. Rings on your fingers, which is a sign of authority or station of some kind versus downy little sideies silver buckle shoes Mm -hmm. i feel like that's sort of like maybe one of those parts of a traditional bailiff's outfit but then it goes straight to you follow the example of the comic paper idol the silver buckle shoes to me felt more like a school uniform i'll take it i think it could go your way and maybe that's intentional. Maybe maybe that is a thing. You know, you know what I think, Nick? I think that we don't know enough about traditional boys' school wear in England, nor about traditional dress in the legal system in England. I, th- I think those are accurate statements. Yeah. Tune into our other podcast, Blather Boys and Bailiffs to Me, <laughs> where we will sort all of these out. Uh, yeah. I, I can't. Yep. No, it's okay. Whatever. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? Yeah. So it's it's all. You follow the yeah, comic paper idol who lets you bend the rules. So you're living in your own. You're living in your own world, and this. Right. This ties. Is this a direct correlation to the? The poet and the, the the soldier, do you think? Ooh. I don't know. Because the soldier the soldier presumably is is following set rules and doing what he is supposed to do. And this is this is le- this is the the poet slash painter but less romanticized. Like the poet and the painter, they're doing something, they're following a passion, they're creating something artistic. This is the opposite. This is just a sniveling child doing what he in wants to do in the clothes of a man. Yeah. Right. And maybe, yeah, maybe there is a a tie in there. Now, the, the, the next section, and maybe we'll find our answer mm-hmm. here, is one that that kind of baffles me. I sort of, I feel like I get the individual parts of it. But as a whole? So... So, but as a whole, I, I don't know really what it's talking about. So come on, you child of heroes. Watch your eyes up from the pages of your comic books, your super crops, and show us all the way. Well, make your will and testament. I want you to join your local government. Relax, Superman, for president. Let Robin save the day. 
So come on, ye childhood heroes. Won't you rise up off the pages of your comic books and all this? Let's have Superman for president. Let Robin save mm. the day. And then and then a little bit later on, we have the reference to, so where the hell was Biggles when you needed him last Saturday? Mm. Biggles, I looked up, is a, like a pulp fiction hero yeah. pilot. World War One, World War Two fighter pilot who then had all these kinds of amazing adventures. From the like thirties, I apparently thirties through the sixties. Oh, that long! Wow. Yeah, there was apparently a hundred books, and and the character is a seventeen-year-old boy who who fakes his, you know, who lies about his age and gets into the air mm-hmm. force, basically, or the RAF. Right. James Bigglesworth. But for me, James Bigglesworth. Yeah. Yes, indeed. That's Lieutenant James Bigglesworth oh, to you. Snap! You're right. I'm so sorry. But my question for all of this is, is all of this, is all of this taking the piss out of something or is there a hope, a hopeful note? Is he really saying like, you know what, young people can make a difference. You can be a hero. You can apply to your, to your local government. Or is he saying like, oh yeah, all the, all those freaking kids think that they're so great because they read a comic and now they're adults thinking that they're saving the world. But in fact, they're just idiots who got who got played by the system that that's kind of always been my thought to be honest the latter the second one yeah yeah it, it feels very it feels very derisive and i don't know if it's mm. just because that's that's my immediate inclination as to to how ian anderson would immediately think about it but maybe he, maybe he, there's there's nothing to say he can't be positive about it but we haven't necessarily seen much let, let alone in the catalogs coming up to this point just this song alone we haven't seen a whole lot that's been terribly positive no it's pretty um critical pretty dark, i would say yeah. of society yeah so so to, i i think i think you to me, it feels more right with the the second one. It's it's you see yeah. these examples of of greatness in your comics, and that it takes it takes that child's book to inspire you to do something. But you'll never be that great. the The greatness that you achieve is going to work for your local government, and you hmm. you get you 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 get into a, a comfortable position and you you sit and wallow in that job for 40 years until you retire and get a watch right and you think that you're superman oh yeah oh you think you're doing but actually yeah absolutely but but you're really just a a child Mm -hmm. in 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 wearing rings yeah you know it does remind me a bit i have to say of nick you and i are both from small towns correct some of the adults whom i observed in my youth and who I occasionally observe when I return to my hometown. Mm. Small towns are great, and this is nothing against any actual human being, but more against all human beings. <laughs> <laughs> no one's specific, just everyone. But, you know, I, I, I guess, let me say it this way. I can recall my dad, who probably is more on more on the Ian Anderson side of things than than some people in the sense that he's reclusive and critical of society kind of a little bit of a curmudgeon um, a drop of curmudgeon in there yes he he often refers to the sort of quote unquote important men in our hometown as stuffed shirts yeah 
Yeah. You know, somebody somebody who has nice clothes but has filled them up with with vacuous self-importance and hasn't actually really achieved anything in the world or or indeed knows anything of the world beyond their little borders. Yeah. And that's kind of what I get from yeah, this. Yeah, when I when I was old enough to to see see adults as humans as opposed to that like kind of mythical adult whether it was sure. my parents or the people that I knew growing up and and in turn was also able to understand like politics and human motive and things like that the stories that I heard about the local government people and and all that in in my tiny little yeah. town were pretty uninspiring uninspiring and shocking with how just outright selfish and manipulative they were right getting into positions of power to sit comfortably and help out your friends etc etc talking about the president of the united states of america oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's take. a whole other category hot take i did not grow up in that that his that person's hometown but still even on a smaller scale i mean it scales up baby it just it is exponential growth but yeah that's it's any very rarely does a modicum of power not corrupt or attract people who right. will be cutthroat to get to that point because honestly most decent people aren't going to fight for that you know, there's a there's a useful phrase in Spanish: "Pueblo pequeño, infierno grande." Little town, big hell. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it, there is something there. You know, when the when the stakes are so low, in a way, people fight about them more than than they would otherwise. Hmm. Yeah. Now, I think we're you know at the risk of getting off topic. Let's let's bring it back to. Um, the mention of Cornwall. I mean, we can get off topic once every five episodes. Or, I'm sorry, five times every episode. There we go. That's more accurate. That's it. That, that's the one. <laughs> well, let's talk about the line that references Cornwall. Yeah. The very, the very last, the la very last three lines of the stanza before we go into Stab's instrumental. And where were all the sportsmen who always pulled you through? They're all resting down in Cornwall, writing up their memoirs for a paperback edition of the Boy Scout Manual. Indeed. What have you got there, Nick? What 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 flavor? What flavors are you getting? What aftertaste? What 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 perfumed bouquet does your nose scent with those lines? This this is a tough one for me. I, to, I I feel like I, I I realize I always start my 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 less than confident opinions with well to me it feels like no you know this this is my opinion yeah it, <laughs> own own it baby <laughs> wrong or right so 
I think this is just kind of another example of what we saw with with the 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 superheroes and the adult the 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 adult babies mm. being judges yes. and things like that is <laughs> is the sportsmen aren't you expect a sportsman to be at least in this sense to me it feels like it ought to be someone who is who is actively out there helping people or training people or doing something right and right. and they're just in this in the in the guise of this story they are just resting in a in a vacation town and writing they're resting on their laurels and 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 writing a co- writing quote unquote something that's already been written but they're doing mm. something to make money that they don't really need to put any work into interesting right so so you'd say that the sportsmen are grouped into the category with biggles and the comic book heroes Yes. Yeah. The people, in a sense, the people that you would look up to and want to be like here. Sure. Or the people that, the, the individuals that a lot of people do look up to. Sure. Lo- look up to and seek inspiration from. But they are, in fact, not perfect. Right. And so Ian, or rather, should we say, Gerald Bostock, mm-hmm. is saying, is revealing the inherent emptiness of of all of that hero worship. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good summation of these last two parts with lyrics is that maybe maybe all hero worship ought to be taken with with a grain of salt. Mm, interesting, yes. I mean th- there it is a very common phrase to never meet your heroes. Because right. they, they, you will inevitably see them as human, and even, even the slightest human flaw that on a normal person, quote unquote normal person, you wouldn't think twice of seeing it on someone whom you put on such a pedestal. It is. And it takes the magic out. It is such a drastic juxtaposition that it instantly ruins it. Nick, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Have you ever met one of your heroes? I have. Oh, I have. Do tell. I went to a dinky little, like, I wouldn't even call it a comic con, just like a, a, a sci-fi, like, nerd con in Rochester, New York. And I... Oh, I think I know the one that you're talking about. It. They have it in the, uh, in the big... It's like a Holiday Inn or uh, something. Oh, never mind. I don't remember. Yeah, it's 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 out, kind of out out on the outskirts. It's like Rock Con or something. I don't remember the name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I met Billy West. Amazing. Now, Nick, who is Billy West? Billy West is a prolific and insanely talented voice actor. He did oh, the voice of Futurama of, fame. Yep, he did. He did Fry right. and Farnsworth and. Zoidberg and so many others in Futurama. He was right. the original Stimpy and Ren and Stimpy. He was oh, wow. the Honey Nut Cheerios B. He was Doug Funny and Doug. He 
Oh, wow. He was the new Elmer Fudd in Space Jam, I believe. Yeah, he's been, oh. he's done everything. He's he's and insanely talented. For our listeners who may not know, voiceover work is something that you do besides just podcasting. It's something that I dabbled in. I can't say that I really do it a whole lot anymore. Well, you know what they say, Nick. Yabble dabble do. They, I've heard two people say that. But that is enough to to be a they, I suppose. <laughs> okay, so you met Billy West, and what happened? But he he just kind of he kind of had an attitude. I mean, I waited in line to to meet him and get him mm-hmm. get an autograph, and and he kind of had yeah. an attitude. And mind you, I was dressed up as Philip J. Fry at the time, sure, in in full sure. full full garb, yeah. and he just kind of had a bad attitude. And you know what? He does this all the time. He's probably sure. not getting paid a lot to be in Rochester. You know, there no, I don't think anyone is. There are oh, I never got paid a lot when I was in Rochester. <laughs> there are so many different factors. Sure. And it wasn't about you. No, it, it totally wasn't. But still that yet, one moment really yeah. soured it for me. Sure. And it's it's hmm. dreadfully unfortunate. Really quickly, since since my story was yeah. ten minutes long, have you ever met a, a hero? I have. End of story. And carrying on with the rest of oh. it. <laughs> I had the great fortune to meet Dario Fo, mm. the legendary and acclaimed Italian playwright, actor, provocateur, painter, architect. I'm guessing this turned out good, though. I'm guessing he was a decent human. Not it, not that Billy West wasn't, but I'm... I'm... It was amazing, actually, yeah. He he came into the, to the courtyard in in a villa outside Padova where I was and is and I he was a lot bigger than I thought he was going to be. I didn't I didn't really know that he was going to show up that day. I knew that he was going to perform later at this at this conference. But he he was huge literally and he made his way toward the office and I happened to be directly in his path <laughs> and as I was furiously conjugating Italian in my head, he walked straight up to me and held out his hand which was the size of a meat cleaver. And shook my hand and and said, "Nice to meet you." Essentially, well, I gibbered out some probably not entirely correct Italian phrase about how much I admired him, and then he went on his way. And he was just totally genuine and totally in the moment. And it was it was a it was a wonderful moment in my life. And I hope that he's resting in peace because he's dead. Oh yeah, he was old. He he was he's he he got to be very old. Yeah. He's currently even older than he was then. Even older. <laughs> you also had the the I don't want to say luxury, but you had you had the translation in between you like a translation buffer. Oh oh yes, a, a linguistic barrier yeah. to protect me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But still Speaking of getting older, Nick, yeah. why don't we let our listeners go before they age any further? I think so. <laughs> yes. And we will see you and talk tall to you next week. Starting with the B side That's right. of Thick mm-hmm. as a Brick. B, B1. Even thicker. Yep. It is See There a Man is Born. Uh, already we're seeing some some recall and tweak and play and building upon. So See There a Man is Born and Clear White Circles. Indeed. And until next week... You know, what always makes me curl my toes in fun is reading some great reviews. 
Uh-huh. So take a Stabs yep. instrumental at writing one for oh, us. And you could be one of my childhood heroes that I will hopefully never meet. And it will never ruin our relationship. That was wonderful. Just, mm, um, until that. then, I'm Omen Sade. <laughs> and I'm Nick McGill. We are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. Dunfermline is a town and former royal borough and parish in Fife, Scotland. The f- town was first recorded on this 10th century with the marriage of Malcolm III, King of Scots. Visit the Dunfermline Abbey, the Pittencrief Park, or the Dunfermline Abbey. See the birthplace of Andrew Carnegie, Dunfermline. A proud member of the Feckless Moans Audio Network. Just like Talk Tull to me.